At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that has a lot of pockets, but we use them all the time. It's Sif Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Glorious purpose. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer. Sif Pop is his burden and his glorious purpose. It's Andrew Ormsby, oh. ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if I would have known. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. It's perfect. Uh, each yeah. week we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. Uh, what were we supposed to do? She's the only superhero person we know. It's Alice Genova McKelly. G'day, g'day, g'day. G'day, g'day to you as well. Um, is that is that okay? Is it okay for a non Aussie to say g'day, or is it a, is it offensive in some way? I don't want to, you know. <laughs> I like, mean, you know. I, I wasn't aware that it was offensive, so I would say you're fine. I look, think it's I'm okay. just trying to be careful, you know? It, look, if you're really worried about offending, you can just say, good day, good day, good day. <laughs> That's right. You can just, yeah, you can put all, you can drop the apostrophe and put all the letters back in there. Uh, if you or want to hi. Or hello. <laughs> or hello. Hello works as well. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, is it offensive if I go, hi, hey, y'all? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Alice. I don't think Maybe Americans just- <laughs> get offended really when people do American accents. No, no, it's like, fun. Eh, either either you nail it or we're like, oh, try again. But offended? No, <laughs> no, no, probably not. Uh, it is Marvel Week here at Sif Pop, and uh, we are and and elsewhere as well uh, with the finally the release of Black Widow. Uh, what? How many? I mean, sixteen months later you know 15 months after it was supposed to come out something like that more than a year um it is now in theaters and it was supposed to come out before the any of the tv shows right yeah right and that's something we can talk about a little bit when we get there um so we're going to talk about black widow we're also going to talk about the first season of loki now as you're hearing this it is possible 
that you've already seen the finale of Loki. We have not. We are recording this uh, about the first five episodes of the Loki season. And we did this same thing with Falcon and Winter Soldier, I believe. And I kind of liked it. I liked the idea of talking about like going into the finale. How are we feeling? What are we thinking? Because, you know, there's enough conversation that already happens about sticking the landing. How did it finish? Like that becomes a real big deal. But this way, I think we can really talk about in the midst of enjoying the show or not enjoying the show, kind of what our feelings are and kind of what we're thinking. Uh, we're going to do a best ever challenge, uh, best ever titles of movies that have darkness in them, some sort of word that indicates darkness. Uh, and then, of course, we'll do our buried treasure uh, as well. Um, everybody doing good? Everybody ready to do this? Talk Marvel? We, we've got... I'm uh, so ready. I've been waiting so long for this. <laughs> I do remember, Alice, uh, when we started talking about uh, you coming on more often, like monthly, you were like, mm -hmm. Black Widow, put it on the calendar. I want to be there. Give me, give me Black Widow. I want it. <laughs> I have been waiting so long for a Black Widow movie. It's right. not even funny. Like I've been waiting for her to have her chance to shine. So I'm ready. I'm re I have many opinions and they're ready to be expressed. All right. They will be today. <laughs> All right. Well, let's just get right into it then. Let's talk about Black Widow. back to where it all started. Where did you think I was all this time? We have unfinished business. My girls are the toughest girls in the world. I'm sorry. We had our orders and we played our roles. It wasn't real. It was real to me. Everything. Natasha Romanoff, also known as Black Widow, confronts the darker parts of her ledger when a dangerous conspiracy with ties to her past arises. Pursued by a force that will stop at nothing to bring her down, Natasha must deal with her history as a spy and the broken relationships left in her wake long before she became an Avenger. Uh, and that last part is key. Of course, this is going to be... Uh, a bit of a prequel, because if you've been paying attention to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and if you haven't, just know we're going to spoil all the other Marvel movies. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like it is it is kind of in that place where it's yeah. like, uh, yeah, we just, everything before this one is just kind of fair game, so just know that. Uh, but yeah, Black, Black Widow is gone, and uh, not just uh, kind of dead, uh, she's dead dead, although of course... In the Marvel universe, who know, you know, anything can can happen with anything. But uh, but yeah, so she's back. Uh, we've got uh, her, um, of course, played by Scarlett Johansson. You've got additions like uh, Florence Pugh, Rachel Weisz, David Harbour uh, coming in there as well. Uh, uh, William Hurt uh, showing up uh, for a cup of coffee. Uh, what did you guys think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Alice, you've been waiting so long. Now is the time. Okay. So I went in wanting to love this. Mm -hmm. I think I came out really liking it. Okay. Fair enough. That's good to get the expectations in there. Andrew, mm -hmm. uh, what about you? I really liked it. I really did. 
Guys, I get to be the one who goes first. I loved this movie. I had so oh. much fun. Um, I I think I will start here. Um, I I went in expecting a Marvel movie because it is a Marvel mm-hmm. movie, and I came out going, "That is almost more a spy movie than a Marvel than any- movie." It, it is a yeah. really well done spy movie. Um, you know, there's there's some superpowers, like there's super soldier stuff, and there's some you know there's there's some superpower kind of stuff going on here. But for the most part, um, you know, this is this is just you know spies who do incredible things uh, kind of movie. Um, so that's where I would start. I would also add that I think watching Scarlett Johansson be front and center is so great. Uh, it's about time. She's incredible. She's a great actor. I love what she does, and she's doing great work here. Um, adding to that that somehow in her amazingness, Florence Pugh upstages her is incredible. She's the best part of the movie easily. I mean, yes. Florence. Yes. Is Can a, we start there? Sure. Can we just make this a Florence I mean, no, Pugh podcast. No, because I already started <laughs> elsewhere. But we can continue there. Uh, Florence is uh, is somehow amongst you know, like I said, Scarlett doing amazing work is the best thing about the movie, and yeah. I just I she blew me away. She oh, is she has yes. some of the funniest stuff in the movie. She mm-hmm. has some of the most emotional stuff in the movie. Um, yeah, I think she ties the film together in, in so many ways. Um, and she really is the connecting point between the Black Widow of the Avengers and the Black Widow of this universe we're living in for this movie. Like she is the, mm-hmm. you know, the piece that bridges, uh, those worlds for us. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I have plenty more to say, but those are the things like right off the top of my head the reasons that I, I come down and loved it. Of course, I'm going to talk about the themes and the messages and those kind of things in this movie um, because this movie in... So, okay, let me just say this. <laughs> there is a moment in Endgame, right? Where mm-hmm. the women all team up on the battlefield and go after Thanos, right? There's this, the bi- there's this, there. there's this big girl power moment. I loved it in the yeah. theater, and I heard I heard a little girl like two rows behind me when that happened, just you know yelping with glee. And I think that's it's important, right? Like there's that representation thing that is so important. This movie she started it all. <laughs> it's true. This movie is so much more specifically about uh, issues dealing with uh, you know i was gonna say femininity that's not it at all issues dealing with just being a woman in the world like being you know like um and, and alice obviously i'm excited to hear you you know kind of your insight on a, on a lot of what this this movie was saying but it does it in a way that is so much less manufactured than that moment in endgame everything in this movie feels like a well uh seasoned metaphor and it's also on the surface. Like they just did a really, really good job, I think, uh, with a lot of the themes in this movie. Okay, I'm done. Somebody else can go. <laughs> I loved it. I had uh, a great time. Yeah, I think Florence Pugh. Can we just, yeah, just real quick? Like she is my. You know how I said last time I was on that Ryan Reynolds was my soulmate. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well, Florence Pugh is my other soulmate. So I have two. <laughs> it's very important. I have two souls. In sure, here. totally. Um, because she, of this movie or beforehand? Before, like I just inadvertently like gleamed onto her side sort of um i think it must have been 
No, I wouldn't have been last year. Was it last year? Was midsummer in that? La- no, that was the year before. Oh my gosh! Nothing COVID. was last year. Last year yeah. is gone. It is. It is not with us. It did not happen. Uh, yeah, it's insane. A, it's like what a weird movie to stan somebody. <laughs> than no, 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 no. So that's not the. It, it was. Uh, I watched Fighting with My Family, then Midsummer, and mm. then uh, Little Women, all in the one year, and I was yeah. just mm. like she's amazing and then everything like i started following her on instagram and and watching other stuff she's been in and i'm just i was just like how have i never heard of her before um and so i was you know and then i was really excited for her to be in this and i yeah she absolutely blew me away so could not literally five stars if it was just florence Pugh, five stars 10 stars 15 stars um in terms of the movie itself yes there was a lot of expectation there, which I will say, like when we get into negatives, that's partly part of the reason why I'm not sitting in the loved it because of my own expectations. And I totally understand that's my own bias uh, coming in, but black widow, like she was the only female Avenger. She was one of the main Avengers and she got fridged inadvertently. She got fridged and that really didn't sit well with me. Like, I think it was a really powerful moment in Endgame. I think that she did amazing. And I think the like, I really loved the movie, but there was just a part of me that was like, oh, we're still there. We're still fridging women so that guys can be able to, you know, achieve their purpose in in the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was like, oh, but there's another one coming out. So I'm okay. And so there was a lot of that sitting at me um but all that aside and i'll get into it more in in negatives kind of how that ended up playing out but i do want to say i think besides florence Pugh, i also think the rest of the cast were on the a game like david harbour rachel vice and scarlett johansson were just so fun to watch david harbour was really fun to watch i have to say Mm -hmm. so yeah that was that was definitely a positive for me anderson thoughts man uh, yeah, totally agree with everything you guys said. Uh, Florence Pugh is easily the best part of the movie. The chemistry between our four leads is perfect. Love everything about it. And I agree with you, Aaron, that the fact that this is the best spy movie that the Mar- that the MCU has ever put out, and just a really good spy movie in general. Mm-hmm. Like, as I was watching it, I'm like, is this Jason Bourne? What am I watching right now? <laughs> yeah, it sure. felt, it had that, but a, uh, you know, better combat you know, choreography than, you know, the shaky cam stuff you get from the Bourne franchise. Mm. Uh, I'm not, I don't mean to jump into a negative. Go for it. Of so soon, but it's one that I think a lot of people, if you're comic book fans, would want to know. And it has to deal with Taskmaster. Mm. And that is the fact that... Is uh, Taskmaster like, ever named in this movie? No. Because I didn't I even know so. that. Like, I I think I heard uh, in a review afterwards that the, the name Taskmaster, yeah. and I was like, I don't remember yeah. them saying that's who that was. But yeah. Yeah, they do in the in the trailers. They name this individual. Dude, uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, in the trailers they do, but they cut that dialogue from the movie. It's, it's interesting. Mm. But anyway, if you're expecting the Taskmaster from the comics... It's not a spoiler, because I think you should know. You are definitely not going to get the Taskmaster from the comics. Having said that, I think that they went an interesting route that really meshed well with this movie, and it made sense, and I appreciated them trying to bring... It's not like the MCU is 
you know, known for switching up a character's backstory in order to make it more entertaining and appeasing to, sure. you know, the general audience. Like, if you knew Drax in the <laughs> comics, he was a human who was a traveling sax musician. Nice. And he got killed you say, by Thanos. You did say sax, right? S A X? Saxophone. Just, okay, yes. yes. Okay, just making yes. sure. Yes. Yeah, he was a. Uh, he was a. Uh, what was his name? Uh, George Michael. Yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> there you go. But, uh, yeah, so the MCU is not. N- n- they've done it before, they've switched around. But it's just one of those characters where, like, hey, if you're familiar and you really like this villain, uh, you may be in for a surprise. I'm not saying it's bad. But it's one of those where it's not what you're going to expect, but it works for the movie. I so, I yeah. guess it's a co-anapron, a, a con-anapron. Yeah. Not a co-anapron. A co-anapron. I love prawns. It's a Delicious. co-anapron. I love prawns. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, Taskmaster, or the villain in this movie, and I, we will do a Sif spoil, obviously, for this. So, you know, there are some things we'll want to save to talk about uh, during that. But I will just say this now. I thought was going to be the weakest part of the the movie for me, and then the movie did something that I I wasn't expecting, and I it was kind of like oh Marvel has like decided to approach villain you know this villain a little bit differently than it usually does, and um and it ended up being a good part of the movie for me. So um yeah I no. I I wasn't I wasn't into Taskmaster and you know it just kind of seemed like a, a guard dog type villain and then they switched it up on me and uh and I appreciate oh I that. saw the I saw the twist coming like sure. I, I, sure. I saw the oh yeah me too yeah the I did not was being I was the one in the dark this time um but <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah for sure yeah um I I so actually on that note can I just say that the fight choreography was very well done yeah like um there was so many moments where i was like oh you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then i literally had to look away like it was just brutal and it was real and it was but i think they all um and i think speaking of taskmaster um is it a spoiler to talk about the fighting style of taskmaster i don't know because that's a comic thing as opposed to a movie thing i think that's a character thing that's known yeah yeah, well, that was as someone who, you know, it really rewards you if you've seen the rest of the MCU. Um, that was so cool to watch, you know, when he did the Black Panther claws and and when Taskmaster did the like you could tell when it was the Captain America or they um, Taskmaster did the Bucky uh, dagger flip. That was cool. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, 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 so that was a really they were really cool Easter eggs to to throw in for sure. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I didn't and- even notice that one. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah. 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 So I thought yeah. that was a really cool like thing. But then even everyone else's fighting style and like Florence Pugh comments on some of um, Scarlet, or I should say Yelena comments <laughs> on <laughs> Natasha's fighting style, which I was like, ah, yes, I like that they're calling that out. <laughs> yeah. So that was really fun overall. Yeah, uh, oh, the chat man. Florence is, is so good. The chat is so chiming good. in uh, that they do they call do it. They, yeah, they call it uh, mm-hmm. Taskmaster Protocol or Project Taskmaster. Um, mm-hmm. Not sure anybody ever like calls no. the villain the Taskmaster. Yeah. But, um, I genuinely yeah. thought it was like they were called Mimic because there was a bit mm-hmm. where the villain's like, "Oh, it's a perfect Mimic," and so mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, this must be called yeah. Mimic." Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what a Taskmaster Taskmasters, I guess. <laughs> It's not a power. It's like a he has an eidetic 
uh, movement memory. Like if he sees mm. somebody fight, he can immediately copy their fighting style. Mm. And that's from mm-hmm. the comic books. That's not a spoiler for the yeah. movie or anything. Yeah. So, yeah, it's cool watching him because it's like she's fighting the Avengers, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It, yeah. Which is such a good, you know, concept for a villain. And yeah. it, it's, it's a perfect one because Taskmaster is uh, Black Widow's arch nemesis. Like, everybody has their big nemesis, you know? Oh. And uh, Natasha's is Taskmaster. That's cool. So, I uh, I jump off the the action point you were making, uh, Alice, and I agree. I think the action in this is some of the best I've seen in the MCU, and I think I would take that uh, further to say that the finale in this is some of the most exhilarating, intense, like you know, the big final act uh action stuff just absolutely floored me and i just i i to me okay i had this thought and this this brings in a couple other avenues of things we haven't even talked about there's a there's a very much a a theme through this movie about uh what is family what is true family what is real family Family. And, and that is the yeah. th- that is the which, thought which I had. Which universe are we in right now? <laughs> well, that is the thought I had was is Family. this is the movie Fast and Furious thinks it is. Like this is mm. this this movie succeeds at balancing like authenticity and reality with themes of family, crazy action, superheroish stunts, you know, like it this movie finds its way to feel grounded and do some of the, you know, kind of play some of the card tricks, the same card tricks that the Fast and Furious universe does. And it just kind of struck me that, you know, it can be done. And um, mm-hmm. and that's not and that's not even a knock on the Fast and Furious movies. I mean, I know we just reviewed F9 and I didn't like it as much as, as uh, the others did. But, um, hey, but I, I hated it too. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but it's, <laughs> but it's, but it's one of those, it's one of those things where I was like, oh, you, you can do both. You know, it, it doesn't have to mm. be either or. You don't just have to be crazy and, and wild. You can actually uh, land both. And I, I think this, this one does uh, for the most part, lands both sides of that. Um, what else? What else do you guys want to talk about? Uh, you know, how, how, do, how are you feeling about the, you know, this kind of relaunching Marvel at the movies, all that kind of stuff? Well, I think that we have to talk about the fact that this is a prequel, and I think that this is where I would have the biggest issues with this movie because it negates a lot of the stakes that you would have if this was, you know, put canonically where it was supposed to go, you know? Mm -hmm. It's one of those things because I'm sitting here and I'm watching this movie and I'm like, man, Ray Winstone could have been this really interesting villain to you know keep coming up because this movie alone makes me hate him so much you know mm-hmm. he's mm. he, i mean he's he's perfectly bred to be a villain that everybody would oppose you know mm-hmm. and to know that this is the end of uh natasha's story is like oh well i guess yeah but i really wish you guys would have done this earlier it, it make it harbin harbingers back to the uh uh, the that leaked email, you know, the one that said that they don't want to do a standalone female uh, superhero because it won't make money. And then mm. Wonder Woman came out, and they're like, "Oh, oh, I guess it can." So yeah, yeah, it's it's really unfortunate. 
And Captain Marvel made over a billion dollars, which like I didn't realize till I looked it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like people don't care. Which is shocking. (laughs) Yeah. They just want to see a good movie. Yeah, but, but also, like, as, as a woman, you know, we do make up 50% of the population, and it is nice every now and again to be like, oh, I can dress up as her, like, you know, in, and, yeah. and just to see someone who is not just... And I think, to be honest, this is part of Black Widow. This is why I was excited for her to finally have her own movies, because when she was introduced, I do feel, you know, in Iron Man 2, she had that, like eye candy role that she was playing like there's literally a point in iron man 2 where they call her a piece of meat and you're just like and you're just used to it and so as she's developed through all the mcu and you're just like oh my gosh she's like a real person and then she finally it culminates in this movie it's it was a really big moment for female mcu fans at least from my perspective I, I agree, and the movie itself is playing in some of those uh, those fields as well, in that, try not to give too much away, although I think plot detail-wise, it's not like this is, is necessarily, you know, spoilerish, but you're dealing with a, you know, plot-wise, a plot where women are subjugated to do the work yeah. of a powerful man to, mm-hmm. you know, make them money, and and there's this really interesting thing this movie is playing with with the idea of brainwashing the idea of oh it's just meant to be this way it's supposed to be Mm. this way the idea of a wake-up moment where it's like oh it doesn't have to be this way you know like and there's just some things some things going on here on you know the level of feminism sexism you know those kind of issues that i really really liked uh amongst them just even some of the conversation there's there's a mm-hmm. moment there's a moment where uh, and this boy is just a, just a you know tiny little moment like a almost it's really funny actually one of the funniest moments in the movie where David Harbour's you know does the old uh, insensitive guy is it that your, is it your mm-hmm. time of month joke and yeah. she comes back with, at him with some truth, with some truth that mm-hmm. is just a hilarious b mm-hmm. honest it- yes. Yes, the delivery, the, the is, delivery hilarious. is hilarious. Like she what is, it is, it's horrifying. But well, the yes, delivery is yes, really but good. she delivers it in a way that that is yes. There's meant to be an element of humor there, and I think that's one of the things that's that's so amazing about the balance of this movie. But that's what I was going to say. Be absolutely terrible, and see talking about things that. When have you heard you know talk of periods or hysterectomies or you know in an MCU mm-hmm. movie? Like it's just, it's just this. Like you said, you know, at least half of the population (laughs) is female and there are just Mm -hmm. so many female things that just don't come up in movies just because it's usually men that make them, write them, act in Mm -hmm. them, talk about them. And uh, this movie was not that. And this movie, I think, did did a really good job at at kind of, you know, um, doing that, laying that stuff right, like I said, on the surface and metaphorically underneath as well with some of the plot. So... Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really enjoyed I, that. Jumping off that, like, I just have to say the lore and world building in this was amazing. Like, I in that, I, I want to see more. Like, mm-hmm. I want to see... I'm trying to say this without spoiling it, but I, I want to see certain things that were teased in this movie explored more in future movies. Mm-hmm. Because... It's really interesting and I think it could really affect where the MCU goes. Um, I'm thinking specifically there's a moment with a map 
Mm-hmm. Uh, where I was like, oh, how has this affected the, the events? Oh, of, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I just, and also just have the, it's just cool. Spies are cool. You know what I mean? So I kind of mm-hmm. just want to see more spy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, when we talk about spoilers, obviously there's a lot of talk uh, to talk yeah. about in that realm. Uh, other performances we haven't talked about. We haven't talked about Rachel Weiss. I thought she was great. I don't, mm. she wasn't necessarily the best thing in the movie for me, but um at first, again, I thought she wasn't going to be, be given much to do. And then the movie's like, no, no, just wait. Just, it's okay. It's all right. Uh, and, I think uh, out of the four, she's she makes the least impact on the screen. That's not to say she's mm. not vital or anything. It's more like the other characters are so well-developed, like David Harbour's character, Yelena, and, of course, Natasha. So it it's, it's not her fault yeah. that she's mm-hmm. not like, you know, it's the screen. Sorry, it was the way the script was done. Man, yeah. the the opening to this movie, we haven't even mentioned it. This is one of the yeah. best Marvel openings. Uh like it's just I loved it. I loved I loved how mm-hmm. it brought us into the characters. Sad. I, I well I it was sure, of course. Yeah, but but it was it was also beautiful and it was also uh again action packed and um yeah, I thought that was pretty impressive uh opening. Yeah, I, I will say for me, it just went a little bit long. The opening did, just me or the movie? Yeah, no, 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 no. The opening, the the movie was a good, good, good amount of time. But um, no, the opening specifically, I'll say the credits seems like they. The opening, well, they actually uh, did credits. credits. They actually did yeah. opening credits. Marvel movies don't. And, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I I don't remember Marvel movies doing that. Um, but yeah, they just they mm. did opening credits. Um, yeah, which I thought was really which was interesting. Cool at first, and then I was like, "Oh, it's still going." It's well, I like think it's evocative. It's supposed to be evocative. Uh, I could be mm. totally wrong on this, but you know, the Mission Impossible <laughs> thing. Uh, you know, mm. s- spy movies. Kind There's of a ha- lot of Mission Impossible elements in this movie. There really are. <laughs> sure, there are. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I think I definitely think it was a purposeful choice, and maybe movies are kind of uh, going back to that a little bit. I noticed Godzilla vs mm. Kong had opening credits too. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's, it's a trend or what, but yeah, I noticed that too. That was, that was a little weird for me, Mm. but yeah, it Mm. makes for a nice little tone cleanser though. It kind of gives you that ability Mm. to do a cold open opening credits, get into the movie. Like there is a structural thing there that can work. That's the reason, you know, it's been done that way. Um, but yeah. I, I think it's fine if it had just been like a few minutes less because mm-hmm. I was just I think I was just really excited to get into the movie and then mm-hmm. I just was a bit like oh, okay we're still here um, mm-hmm. but actually on that with David Harbour you know we mentioned how he was more explored than Rachel Vice I still think him as a character was a little bit wasted I wanted to talk because, about this yeah because I think he was like the comic relief like the pure he was just pure comic relief but he's meant to be this super soldier that Russia's had this whole time. And I'm there, like, waiting for him to have a big, big battle, which he gets into a fight with Taskmaster, but it just cuts away from it. And you're just like, oh, so we're not going to see him, do, like, contribute, really. Had the same thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then thought, possibly, is this purposefully Marvel going, let's let the guy be the side character that fights get cut yeah. away from. And let's... You know, he is the Black Widow of this movie in some ways. And, you know, everything that's been done 
to her as a side character, you know, having her fights cut away from, you know, not being a central part of it or whatever, not being a well-rounded character, like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of on board for in that way just to go, yeah, he's just he's just the big dumb guy and that's okay. And he's, you know, he's he's not the focus. He doesn't need that big moment. He's not the focus. Um, yeah. So I think that's kind of where I landed, but I definitely had the same feelings. Was like, mm-hmm. oh, why aren't we, you know, why haven't we rounded out, you know, this you know david harbour character more that kind of stuff and i was like it wasn't about him movie wasn't about him and that's that's okay i mean it was of course you know peripherally but um but you know not centrally family Uh, family family at the movies go see the movies (laughs) movies. oh my gosh when i saw that the first time i was like oh this is a joke right yes um yes and and well on that like on not developing characters i feel like that's possibly what they did with the villain as well with ray winstone but i do also feel that he didn't make and like we did touch on this briefly but he didn't end up amounting to very much when i feel like he ended up being your typical origin story villain you know Mm -hmm. you hate him he sucks um won't have a lot of you know like it's it, i don't know i'm trying to say without spoiling it's so hard <laughs> it is so hard no, but fun. again it's- I, I again i do think it's thematic right the idea mm. of these powerful men are nothing when you wake up when you when you mm. wake up to what what the world you know where power really is in you know in the people in you know movements in those kind of things these powerful men really don't amount to much and it's over you know what i mean like they mm. you know so um yeah i think i think again a lot of those were thematic choices i could listen uh, we know i have a tendency to you know make up stuff that's maybe not there my brain likes to do that but i i mm. do think at least some of that is intentional from this movie to to kind of paint those pictures um yeah, so, I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised I will say, so this is my main negative. Um, and like, this is a real, again, this is the expectation thing I was talking about, but I went into this movie really wanting to understand Black Widow as a character more specifically to do with her past. And yes, we do get glances at her past. We get told about her past. Obviously we learn, like we meet people from her past, Mm -hmm. but there was certain elements that we were taught, like gleamed on in previous uh, films, like her previous darkness, what she did when she was psychologically conditioned, you know, how she was kind of brought out of that by Hawkeye and into the Avengers and all that sort of stuff. I wanted to know more about that, right? I wanted to know about her darkness. I wanted to know how, like what it entailed rather than just getting bits and pieces here and there. Like Mm -hmm. I just, that's the part of it that was really missing for me. Um, Especially again, like not to go into it again, but the fact that she was fridged essentially in, in Avengers Endgame, I was really excited to kind of round out her character and get that closure. And I still feel like I have a lot of questions about who she was um, before she became an Avenger. And that just left me feeling a bit, empty which is why it's a really like it and not Mm -hmm. a love it for me yeah yeah i understand that i don't know that i agree i I feel like i learned a lot about that character and in her background and kind of where she comes from and and her backstory and um and kind of you know her her emotional resonance i thought in the movie was was really good um but yeah i totally get that and i think you know those expectations they're just they're gonna play a role in in how we uh view things um all right, we're gonna we, we're gonna uh, go to our kind of one last thing uh, here, yeah. um, and then we'll move on. So, what do you got, Andrew? 
uh first off yes there is a post credit scene obviously it's a marvel movie but um what i want to know from you guys is where would you rank this compared to all the other marvel movies i would put it somewhere either in the bottom of like the top third or at the top of like that middle section man you you go first you go first (sighs) alice damn it (laughs) (laughs) i'm throwing it on you guys but I didn't know mm. if you'd thought about it since you'd watched the movie. I would say it's, I I would say it's top third, but toward the bottom of the top third. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. I pulled up my list list the last time I updated it, which has been a while. So. So there's 24. So thirds would be an eight. So either the top eight, middle eight, bottom eight. Hey, just like Pixar. Yeah, I'd I'd probably put it in like right on the border of that top and middle, uh, yeah. you know, thirds. Um, you know, somewhere which around is, Doctor Strange. You know, which is like pretty the, good considering yeah. you know how the high caliber of the MCU mm-hmm. for a lot yeah. of people. Mm. Yeah, I'd put it in that Doctor Strange, Spider Man, Homecoming, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two range for me. Um, yeah. So yeah, somewhere in there. Nice. Ah, very nice indeed. All right. Well, um, let's see. Uh, did you have one last thing, Alice? I think uh, we were just answering uh, Andrew's just the, one the, last uh, thing. Just di- that the director rep in Australia. Oh, oh nice. Australian I didn't know woman, that. Hey. Mm-hmm. So cool. I was very, very happy to see that. <laughs> very, very cool. I will. My one last thing, I will address it more during the SIP spoil, but I will just say um, it is sure interesting to see how the uh, chronology of these releases changed and some of the things that have happened between mm. TV shows and movies and it's just it's it's interesting. I think it works. Yeah. I think they're making it work, but um I trying to imagine how it would have gone without the pandemic is a really interesting exercise. Um and that in mind, I guess I will make this uh my 1B, one last thing point B. Um, made 80 million here domestically, made another 70 some million worldwide, made 60 million on Disney plus. So it made over $200 million this weekend. And that to me says Disney may be doing this premier access thing with more of their movies. If they know they can, because that 60 million they made on Disney plus is 100% theirs and they also get mm. subscribers from that. And yeah. the 150 or so million they made, you know, worldwide, they only get what, like half, 60% of that, you know, somewhere in that range. So, um, yeah. I think you may I, see some I, of I these other movies move to Premiere uh, Access. Yeah, I was wondering about that because I think the, the main thing with Premiere Access for me, that like in terms of how I think about how it affects new releases, is that. If you want to watch it again, you don't have to pay for it again. Right. Yeah. So th- that money doesn't get, you know, that what would be money doesn't get counted towards a film's overall box office return. And so I wonder how much that's actually affecting in terms of repeat viewings. Long-term viewing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. I th- Obviously, they believe me, they'll crunch the numbers and they'll do what, yeah. what's going to make them the most money. Like, you know, if if you want to know if it worked or not, pay attention. Because if they change <laughs> Shang-Chi to Premiere Access, you know it worked. Like, that is mm. that is the surefire way for, you know, 
Because uh, right now, Shang-Chi is just announced for theaters. They haven't said that that's oh, going to really? be premiere access. Uh, Jungle Cruise mm-hmm. is premiere access and theaters, but they haven't said that for Shang-Chi yet. So yeah. um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Keep, keep your eye on it because uh, day and date streaming is something a lot of people have been wanting for a long time, but it hasn't really made sense for companies. But I mean, if, it, if they know they can make that money, they will Thanks, make that COVID. money. <laughs> they will make that money. Uh, yeah. All right, let's 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 move on to the next one. Let's talk about Loki. I know what this place is. The timekeepers have built quite the circus. And I see the clowns are playing their parts to perfection. Big metaphor guy. I love it. Makes you sound super smart. I am smart. I know. Okay. Okay. After stealing the Tesseract during the events of Avengers Endgame, an alternate version of Loki is brought to the mysterious Time Variance Authority, a bureaucratic organization that exists outside of time and space and monitors the timeline. They give Loki a choice, face being erased from existence due to being a time variant, or help fix the timeline to stop a greater threat. Uh, Let's start with the uh, admission that everything from episodes one through five is fair game here if you are not current with loki uh you may want to skip this because we will be um it is hard to do a tv show without talking spoilers uh because how far back do you go you know like do we not spoil anything from episode one on makes it difficult to talk about stuff so we will be spoiling episodes one through five another good thing about not having seen the finale we will not be spoiling the finale for you um, we will just be talking about episodes one through five. Uh, of course, you got Tom Hiddleston back as Loki. You've got uh, Owen Wilson as Mobius, part of the uh, TVA, the Time Variance Authority. Uh, Gugu and Botham Raw coming in is, uh, I forget what her character, I know her character's name is Ravona. Ravona. Um, but, She's uh, a judge. Yeah, like a time judge kind of thing. Uh, and many, many others that we'll talk about as we kind of go along with it, including uh, Sofia DiMartino, who um, plays the variant, we'll just say, as we start off this conversation, but uh, that we may go more into that. Um, what do you guys think overall? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it is just okay? Andrew, you get to start this time. <clears throat> uh, loved it, or loving it, I guess. Yeah. Alice? Love, love, love it. It's unanimous. Uh, this is my favorite. This is my favorite of the MCU shows. Um, Me too. Oh, yeah. I, I think uh, I, I, we want to have like a, a battle to see who loves it the most so they can go first. Um, Alice, why don't you kick us off since you're the guest? She oh. did say love it a lot. Yeah, that's yeah, true. I did. That's I true. said it four times. You that's guys true. Only I only said, said it three. I said it three. You said it four. Oh, okay, you said it fine. Three. Yeah, yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I. First of all, I'm a big world building and law fan, if you haven't gleamed that about me just yet. Uh, so I get really, really excited when these things, you know, when a world building really happens in this cool way in which it's happening in Loki, like the, the time variance authority. And we did say we could go into kind of spoilers for the yes. first five episodes, right? Okay, yep. cool. Yep. So the fact that in the very first episode, they're immediately like, oh, you know, infinity stones, those things that have caused us pain for the last like 10 years, like literal pain. Oh yeah. They're nothing in comparison. Mm-hmm. They're useless throw them away so that immediately set the tone for me and it was it's just 
so every episode is so cool and more than the previous two episodes i've desperately wanted the next episode after the finale like after finishing uh the previous one Mm -hmm. especially last week um where i was just like oh no i need to know give me more like i'm like an addict now it's Mm -hmm. not good what are you doing (laughs) yeah uh, ali you mentioned something that i think that a lot of people i see online have been questioning about the the infinity stones that he finds in the first episode like why didn't he grab one of those and use those, you know, try and escape or anything? Uh, Infinity Stones only work in the universe that they were forged in. So. Yeah. Well, he right. also did. So, he, grabbed the, he grabbed the Tesseract and he was, and Owen Wilson's like, did you try and use it? And then he's like, yes, it didn't work. So, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah. It's, yeah, Andrew, what about you? It's fascinating whenever they build this, like she said, uh, uh, just this lore is is grandiose and amazing and i'm like oh yeah the tva which i wasn't really all that very familiar with so this was even new to me so Mm. it's like oh i get to i get to find out all this stuff and i get to experience for the first time like a normal person this is fun (laughs) yeah i'm having a blast uh there's you know it's like you know one part doctor who you know uh one part marvel movie like you look at like the effects in this are just astonishing there's there are so many shots each episode. I would just hang on my wall. It's this this mm. this show is so beautiful. Some of the color work that's going on here, some of the design work, like the design work even inside the TVA, is really cool and interesting. Um, it's just like everything that went into this. Uh, it feels like, at least to me, they went into it with a purpose and with thought. Nothing feels thrown together. Um, yeah, I'm I'm having a ton of fun. We haven't mentioned the incredible chemistry between Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston, which is just such a fun part of this. Um, yeah. o- Owen Wilson is just wow. just wow. He's just wow. You know, like he's. It's just, so great to see him back. Can it I really just say is. That? Like it's so great yeah. to see Owen Wilson really sit in his stride and entering the MCU with such a fun and appropriate character. Hmm. You've got like one of the best voiceover artists in history voicing, uh, you know, the time, the clock mm. or whatever, Tara Strong, you know, coming in like off the bench, you know, like mm-hmm. it's just it's it's just a really well done show. And then you've got I, I've never heard of her before, Sophia DiMartino. Um, I may know mm. her for something if I look, looked into it a little further, but she is plays Sylvie or the variant uh, or whatever yes. um, and is just hanging with everybody doing great work having a good time um i just this is this is uh to me has the fun level that takes something to the next level for me you know what i mean like it's like i'm already interested in the universe i'm already interested in what's going on but now i'm also just like having a blast and my endorphins are kicking um it's one of the reasons like episode three was kind of my only down episode it was purposeful. It was a. It was like a. It was just like a kind of a, a bottle character episode, and the show mm. kind of needed it. Like I'm not even blaming the show for doing it, but I was like, get me back to the other, you know, Loki kind of stuff. And then the show was like, okay. And then episode four and five were just like amazing. Um, so yeah, I'm just I'm having a real great time uh, with this. I the one negative I would say, and it's not even really a negative. 
But the one thing I would say is it does feel like Marvel is throwing a lot of spaghetti at the wall, hoping we won't try to think it all through. Like there is there is an element of them going into multiple universes, multiple timelines, all that kind of stuff where they're like, if we just throw enough of it in there, they'll stop trying mm-hmm. to figure it out. And they're right, honestly. And that's actually a decent way to suspend your disbelief is to just be like, that's ah, too confusing. I don't want to think about it. Um, but, uh, but this show is like, it it is, it is kind of upping that ante on, you know, multiple timelines, multiple realities, which by the way, are two different things. Um, and the show isn't necessarily distinguishing between those things. Um, yeah, because the second you start thinking about what are they resetting? What are they erasing? Are they resetting entire realities or, timelines or parts of realities or parts of timelines like when they go back and kidnap her they set the reset bomb and it just gets rid of her toys right like the floor is still there everything it just looks like it gets rid of her toys well that doesn't that doesn't change any impact she had before that like you know just like you know it's, don't it's, think about it aaron I'm, that's what don't i'm saying think about that's, it. that's what i'm saying and and look yeah. marvel i get it you're gonna go this route and so you kind of have to do this um we know this is where this is happening these breadcrumbs have been laid from, you know, they talked about a Nexus. Uh, Nexus was mentioned in the WandaVision show. And then now they're talking about a Nexus event here. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, they talking about, uh, I think they even said something about uh, Multiverse of Madness in like the intro video. Uh, like we know this is coming, right? Um, yeah. So I get it. I get what they're doing. But there is that part of my brain that wants to think it through and gets frustrated that it doesn't actually make much sense if you start to (laughs) so so yeah that would be my only slight negative and it's not it's not really because honestly it's so easy to suspend disbelief and just enjoy yourself uh as far as i'm concerned yeah so yeah yeah i got a theory we're allowed to do theories right i was gonna ask yeah yeah. sure yeah so do you want to do that now like are we done talking about the show it's are you just you just you just can't wait to theorize it's just one of those things. I'll no, I get get it off so. your chest, man. Get it off your chest. <laughs> so, uh, at the end of uh, episode five, you know they they finally find their way to you know who is possibly in charge of the TVA, the, the real... man behind the curtain, the person behind the curtain. Yeah, mm. exactly. I think it might be Doctor Strange. It might be the Time Stone. Yeah. Oh, it might. And be. then that could be our intro into the Multiverse of Madness. I will tell mm. you, if it is Doctor Strange, uh, I doubt we find that out in the finale. Um, the The shows have done, WandaVision especially, uh, taught me a lot of lessons about what to expect from these shows. There were so many things. That you're that, not going to get cameos? No. Nah, no, nah, you're not. It's going to punt all that big stuff to the movies. All like, you know. Um, yeah. So like, it, it, it may wink at something. It may hint at something. And then it'll be like, um, we'll catch up with this in the movies, <laughs> you know? So yeah. like that's, that's kind of one of the frustrating parts about these TV shows is there's resolution that is punted, but I totally get it. It's not like I don't under, understand why they do that, but, um, but yeah, no, that's a, yeah. that's an interesting theory. Yeah. That episode. I, I have some I, theories. As yeah. Well go for it. Yeah. Who it is. Oh, let's do it. So let's just, I, we'll just turn into a theory show. Let's do it. No more reviewing, just okay. theorizing. So number one theory has to do with lady Loki. I theorize that Sylvie is not Lady Loki. Mm-hmm. So, Ooh. because uh, upon doing some research, um, like when she was first introduced, there's a character in the Marvel comics called Sylvie, who's an enchantress, but she's not a Loki variant. She's someone who was given powers by a 
previous Loki, right? Mm -hmm. So my theory is that the child we see uh, in that flashback is the actual Lady Loki who was taken and ran away, but then realized very quickly that no matter where she went, she was going to be caught up by the TVA. So I think that that Lady Loki found like a random child who was Sylvie and put all of somehow transferred all of the Nexus power and some of her powers into Sylvie so that the TVA like started going after her instead. And now she's the one who managed to infiltrate the TVA and took over. And she's the one who's actually running everything in the house. And that's who we're, who we're going to see. Well, Man, we, Alice, if you're going to be throwing, I, I'd be afraid if you ever like plan a heist, I'm afraid because <laughs> <laughs> it's going to like, it's going to confuse the, uh, the police and the investigators forever. Like, man, she's a genius. How is she coming up with all of these brilliant forethoughts and everything? Uh, I like that. That's actually pretty interesting. That's great. I have some thoughts, but it's very important. Chat wants you to know, Alice, uh, and I I guess I'll ask you before I spoil this for you. uh, You planning on watching any football? Have you been watching football? Anything like that? Um, Okay. No, but I did just read the comments, so you didn't spoil it. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Italy won the Euro, (laughs) so uh, so there you go. I mean, that's just pride. That's right. pride there anyway, you go. so there you go. that's good for me. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think I, I did happen to see some stuff. Uh, I was already suspecting, as I, I, I think most people are, the Gugu and Botham Raw character of having a, a lot more to do with this, uh, being in cahoots, uh, you know, with some sort of big bad, you know, that kind of thing. And then I saw some speculation yeah. about her actual last name was finally, like, said or something in episode five, and it is a character from the comics that has, like, a relationship with one of the big bads or something. So, like, there's, there, you know, there's there's some stuff that could be going on here. Um, I tend not to try to absorb that stuff because I just kind of want to experience it, but, you know. Is it Mephisto? <laughs> I don't, yeah, no. That's I have no the idea. big See, joke. My, ma- yeah. my main thing with it introducing, like, because I've seen other theories that, like, it's General Kang or some big major yeah, villain Kang from the Conqueror. comics. Yeah. yeah, like, it's going to be the next Thanos. My major issue with that being the result is that I feel that they've, built it up and this could be a slight negative of the show but it's like a pre-negative they've built it up a lot as to like who is this person right and if you're introducing someone completely new that we've never seen before never been touched on before it's not going to have that impact so you're just going to be like it's going to be like oh it's kang the conqueror and yeah if you're a marvel comics fan you're going to be like whoa but like for you know us noobs i'm just going to be like oh it's a dude and then i'll go and research him later and be like oh that's cool but mm-hmm. i feel like i mean that's how i felt a, about thanos the first time thanos, i saw thanos i was about to say isn't that how thanos started scene. people were like who is that blue but guy it was a post credit it was a post credit scene that wasn't a major plot reveal of the actual movie that was a post credit scene that that teased it teased mm-hmm. it but this is like they have built up to it for five episodes and the fi- last episode ended you know, you think yeah, where you know, the next scene is going to be the reveal. If it is Kang. Yeah, and also it, in WandaVision too, at the end of WandaVision, they teased that there was somebody mm-hmm. strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so if, if, if it is the same person. If it is Kang, uh, I think that was the name I saw. I know nothing about that that name. <laughs> I, I assume that's a brother of Kong. Uh, yeah. King Kang. Kang um, Kong. Kang mm-hmm. Kong. Kang Kong. Uh, if, if it is my guess, knowing these shows would be that what is revealed behind the curtain is, uh, Ravona and that she will be the final battle. And then the post credit scene might wink at Kang like that. That would be my guess. Mm. Uh, something like that. Uh, well, I have a second theory 
that if my first theory isn't correct, my second theory is that it's Mobius. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So that Mobius is Kang and this whole time has been pretending to be Mobius and then that because that because he left right the last we saw him he went into a that a would doorway, be wild so like that would be wild wow wow he just uh, he just walks out from behind the curtain as king wow wow you guys figured it out yeah wow impression uh well we're gonna find out um I will say it was also great. Uh, episode five was my favorite episode. One of my favorite things the MCU has ever done was episode five of Loki. I just loved it so mm-hmm. much. I loved how weird it was. I loved how wacky it was. I love that there were so many Lokis. I love that alligator Loki. I love. <laughs> I was going to say Croaky. If 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 anything happens to Croaky, we riot. Uh, Richard E. Grant <laughs> coming in as old school Loki, just like off the top rope. Uh, just great stuff. Great stuff. Um, oh, that scene with him and he's like showing off the true power of a Loki and mm. both uh, Sylvie and Loki realize like, I guess this is what we're truly capable of. You know, mm. it, it 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 makes you think, oh, maybe that there's something that we still yet don't know about Loki as a mm. character and that there's more for us to, to discover. Yeah. I really like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I will mention this because I'm me. And I have to. Uh, the way this show is dealing with uh, self-work and therapy and mm-hmm. the idea of understanding yourself and making peace with yourself and changing yourself, like the idea of self-change and uh, changing the definition of who you think you are, uh, is really, really smart. Um, you know, mm-hmm. there are there are things parading as uh, humor and um fun and conversations that underneath are really serious uh like self actual uh, actualization techniques and really serious ideas of you know how do you, how do you find a way to love yourself like that whole idea of whether she is a loki or not he thinks she is and they think she is um you know the idea of through this woman he's learning about himself and that he is lovable and that he won't always be alone that he that he could be loved um you know mm. and that that starts with loving himself is re- i just it's really interesting uh beautiful stuff uh going on underneath here as well um that i'm just always amazed at and always impressed with uh, what they're doing and i guess that leads me to my final question would you date your opposite gender self <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to say, I feel like a big, big thing with this show has been this weird, like, kind of relationship happening where I can I can almost sense every audience member being like, don't kiss, don't kiss. But, like, I can feel the tension and the chemistry, but, like, don't kiss because that's weird. Like, it's just so many things happening there, at one point. There are many avenues this conversation could go in. Uh, let's just keep it with, uh, yeah, I think there's there's uh, there's absolutely a world where you have to learn to uh, love yourself, you know? And that's, you yeah. know, it doesn't have to be, it <laughs> doesn't have to way. be this a way. literal, you know, uh, actual other entity that is you. Um, that's, yeah. that's but see, this straight. is the problem with them having this as a character because then it does invite these conversations. Like I was like, if it's they great. end I up getting it. together and they have a kid, is that kid Loki or like, what does that mean? No. And it just, you know, it, listen, well, is it incest if it's yourself or no. is it like, no, it's just, it's, it's, uh, incest. What, what, is, what do you, what is, what, what is it called with worms? Worms do that. 
Worms have have babies with themselves. Yeah, yeah. Is it asexual? Maybe it is asexual. No, asexual means non-sexual. No. I believe. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, in in so- self-sexual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's something else. But uh, but yes. No, I no worms definitely reproduce with themselves. Um, so oh, so you're, what you're saying is Loki's a worm. That's what I'm saying. I listen. If we didn't know that through his actions, he's been called already, worse. He's been called <laughs> worse. That's for sure. Oh, and can I say, you you know, we said that cameos don't happen in the in the shows, but Lady Sif, they brought her back for a loop. Yeah, I did like That's that. True. And because then there was it, a what very you... small Thor cameo as well in that last episode. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys saw it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a I bit didn't. where it's going underground like into the loki hideout yeah. and you see a, a tiny thor in a jar like mm-hmm. banging against the gra- yeah. glass frog thor well i'll have to rewatch mm. that yeah and mm. there's the loki chopper and like I, yeah i saw a lot of this yeah. stuff from no the, that was the thanos chopper or the, i'm sorry the thanos. thanos chopper that's what i meant yeah 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 totally which that's what he killed drax with <laughs> well there you go there you go so it all comes full circle in this podcast too <laughs> uh, we're loving it. We're excited to see the final episode. Um, maybe we'll do a brief uh, final thoughts in uh, in our uh, members show next week. Um, speaking of which, let's thank our Sifpop members. Uh, you guys are amazing. We love you. Uh, this week we talked about, is there ever a possibility of Marvel burnout? Will you ever get tired of all the Marvel content that's coming uh, out? Um not gonna give you our answers uh you'll have the to answers listen. may surprise you <laughs> you'll have to listen to the show to find out uh if you are a sif pop member that shall be waiting for you in your own personal podcast feed one that has all the episodes all the bonus episodes and no commercials and uh you can find out all the information about that in other levels of support at the patreon patreon.com slash Thank you for your support. We appreciate it. And uh, we love doing those uh, bonus episodes for you guys. So check that out there. It should be available soon. All right. Let's get into our best ever challenge. Best ever movie titles with a word that indicates darkness in them. Now, this category is begging for loopholes. So uh, (laughs) if you need to use a veto, feel free. Uh, But uh, it's kind of fun to kind of think of these. I tried to include in my top five like several different kinds of words. Um, In fact, I think I have four different words in my top five that indicate... At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Indicate some sort of darkness, so... Not um, me. <laughs> uh, I've got one that might be a loophole. All right. One. All right. I have one that's the, my first. I'll, you know what? I'll start when this is my closest to a loophole. 
Uh, I actually have a replacement if this is vetoed. Um, is it Saving Private Ryan? <laughs> it is not Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> Alice is like, I don't, I don't get that joke. Um, mm. <laughs> I was like, Tom Hanks? No, yeah. we were okay. So I'm gonna give her some backstory on this, just sure. so she knows the caliber of shenanigans that you try and pull whenever it comes to best ever. Hey, listen, I got a lot of backup on this one, so I feel I feel perfectly fine. <laughs> so uh, the challenge was. Best movie with a ma- with a female character's name in the title, mm-hmm. and he chose Saving Private Ryan <laughs> mm-hmm. because technically there are women named Ryan. That is true. I mean, Ryan you can say that about name. any name, and any except for like Richard. Listen, a lot <laughs> of a lot of Ryans contact me and said thank you for sticking up for us. Uh, Ryan isn't. <laughs> I don't believe you. I think you're full of crap Ryan, right now. Ryan is a non-gender specific name, much like Aaron is. Uh, Aaron is, you know, has both male and, and female versions. And I've never met a female Aaron. I've never heard of a female Aaron. Oh, actually, yes. there's a lot of, here in the U.S. It's E R I N as opposed mm-hmm. to A R A A R O N. Oh, that's Aaron. <laughs> you just it's said a different thing. name. <laughs> it's a different name. That's not. That's Aaron. like saying that Alice that's and Aaron. Alex are the same name. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron and Aaron are... That's Aaron. <laughs> yeah. It's Aaron and then it's Aaron. It's Ar- Aaron? Not Aaron? Guys in the U.S. they're pronounced the exact same. <laughs> that was beautiful. I loved that so much. That was one of my favorite things. Anyhow, I've never lived that down, nor should I. Uh, it, I, I knew what I was getting into when I picked that. Ridiculous. Uh, is it that one's... caliber? Hopefully No, it's not. not that bad. It's not that bad. Uh, although it is... It'll probably get vetoed. Uh, I went with Moonrise Kingdom. <laughs> At number five, and went with Moonrise as the the dark word. Um, I'm fine. It's yeah. I'm fine. All right, we'll count it then. Moonrise Kingdom is my number five because uh, if the moon's well, I guess technically the moon could be out during the day. But uh, yeah, no, yeah. you anyhow. got it. All right, fair enough. Uh, I, I got no qualms. I love this Wes Anderson movie. It was really the first Wes Anderson movie, other than um, the the anim- the Fantastic Mr. Fantastic Fox. Mr. Fox. Thank you. Uh, it was really the first Wes Anderson movie other than that that I just I came away from my first time just loving and uh, and since then there's there've been others uh, I've enjoyed his later career more than his earlier career in fact um, mm. but I just I love the kids in this I love just the the sweetness of the plot of this I love the quirkiness of it which you're always going to have with Wes and, uh, Anderson um, yeah I really enjoyed Moonrise Kingdom so that's my number five uh, nice. Andrew what do you got at number five uh, number five, I am going to go with The Ghost and the Darkness. Mm-hmm. Good call. Uh, you know me. Love this movie. It's great. Based on a true story about lions that killed over 100 workers in Africa. It is... Uh, uh, yeah, the performance by Val Kilmer is not the great. He doesn't know what an Irish accent sounds like. But the score for this movie is superb. It is like one of my favorite film scores ever. It's like powerful and like upbeat while at the same time you still get traditional African elements in it. It's it's great. Uh, Cinematography is beautiful. This movie is beautiful. And it's also horrifying. It's a very violent movie uh, with a lot of practical effects that I don't know how they did. So, yeah. I highly recommend The Ghost in the Darkness. Very nice. Alice, what do you got at number five? I have Judas and the Black Messiah. It's a great choice. Mm. It's a great choice. So this is definitely, obviously, the most recent one on my list, um, unless something else came out this year that I wasn't aware of. Uh, but it, I went in kind of being like, oh, yeah, this is going to be an 
Oscars, you know, film. And But I really liked uh, Daniel Kaluuya. So I was like, all right, let's go. And it, the acting, that's all I have to say. The acting was mm-hmm. just, it made the little actor in me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, they're so good. Although I was also like, oh, I'm really excited to watch this with subtitles because it definitely took me a sec to like lean into mm-hmm. um you know the the accent but um no i everything about it it was so powerful and interesting and i honestly think it will create or it has created really interesting converse or very vital and interesting conversations around its themes and topics um but also it's what i really like is that it is a movie surrounding an issue and an important historical event that i had no idea about first of all mm-hmm. But it's done in a way that is, it's just a good, like, it's a great movie. And when you do both of those, like, you've got me. So, yeah, yep. loved it. Uh, yeah, uh, it is one of two Oscar contenders from this latest Oscars that would fit this category. Uh, I had them both in my honorable mentions. I won't mention the other one in case somebody has it in their top five. I'll mention it later. Mm. Uh, all right, that brings us back to me. My number four might get trumped. Uh, this is where I have Black Panther. Um Anyone? Oh, I forgot about Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> An entire Marvel episode. <laughs> oh, how did that happen? Uh, well, you can tell us where you would have had it if you had remembered. Um, but this, I had it at number four. Uh, I And from here, actually all five in my top five, because Moonrise Kingdom is as well, is in my uh, top 200 of all time that I do uh, each year. So um, Black Panther is just such a phenomenal film. It is top-notch Marvel uh, in many ways. It is Marvel ascending to something, uh, something else. You know, they are they are becoming even more than themselves with this movie. So, um, yeah, I love Black Panther. I think it's great. I think the performances are amazing. Uh, does it have issues? Yeah, of course it does. Uh, but uh, but man, what a what a great movie. Uh, Andrew, yeah, what do you got? Killmonger is right up there with Thanos, like for the best mm-hmm. Marvel villain ever. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. What do you got at number yeah. four? Me. I got Zero Dark Thirty. Mm-hmm. Also my honorable uh, mentions. Me too. Thank you. What a phenomenal movie. I'm not going to spoil the ending for any of those <laughs> who don't know. <laughs> no, uh, Jessica Chastain kills it in this movie. She carries the entire movie on her shoulders, really. And you, the weight of the character is like, you can see that as this like time progresses, like she still has that determination and steadfastness that no, she has to find Bin Laden. And you can see it weighing on her and taking its toll on her throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. And then uh, by the end of the movie, she's just bawling because it's over. You know, yeah. it's such a great performance. Uh, that last 30 minutes of the movie, even though we all know how it ends, is so compelling and like a white knuckling. It's, it's great. Yep. Uh, Alice, your number four. Yeah, well, I would have had Black Panther here had I remembered it existed, but instead I have Star Trek Into Darkness. I had that in my honorable mentions um, as well. I, yeah, me too. First of all, I'm a big Benedict Cumberbatch fan. In fact, I can prove it because for those of you watching the video, that's oh, me and nice. Benedict Cumberbatch. So I Very met nice. him. And I've been a huge fan since Sherlock. And so when I when he was mm-hmm. going to be in the Star Trek movie, I was like, oh, my God. And then he ended up being really, really good. 
Um, I'm also not. So my partner, Toby, he is a huge old Star Trek fan, like Star Trek Next Generation. So he's not the biggest fan of this, but I am. Mm-hmm. It's the big argument in our house, new Trek versus old Trek. Um, but it is just so good. The action's so great. I really love him as Khan. I really love the way the story progresses. And I just always know I'm going to have a good time when I watch it. So, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Star Trek Into Darkness. I, 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 I am with you, Alice. I really like uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. I think that it's a really good movie. A lot of people don't like it. They, I know. I, I like it, it just as much as the, as the first of this new iteration of Star Trek movies. Mm. I think mm-hmm. they're both great. Third yeah. one, not so much. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you, you showed your picture with, uh, with Benedict Cumberbatch. I feel like I should pull up my interview of Florence Pugh, you know, since we, we were talking Black, Black Widow today. Because uh, that's what I was thinking when we were talking about how awesome she was. Because like, I interviewed her on the uh, uh, awards carpet, on the blue carpet at the Critics' Choice oh, Awards. Yeah. And she was just like the sweetest. Like, she was amazing. So, just Isn't know that. Isn't it nice when the people you love are nice? Yes. Yes, it is. It is very nice. Uh, well, this our- is the hand that shook Steven Tyler's whenever I was in there you go. China at there the you Epcot go. Center. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to relate that to uh, to the topic at hand somehow. Let's see. Uh, any dark movies? Steven Tyler Steven probably. Tyler? There's probably some Aerosmith song in one of those probably. Marvel movies somewhere. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I think that moves us on to our number threes. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. My number three is Men in Black. Um, Honorable mentions. I yep. was just I was just thinking the other day that if you didn't live through the Will Smith supernova moment, like it's hard to explain how much he took over pop culture for you know you three or out. four years. It was. From Independence Day on, mm. uh, like it was just, it was a solid three or four years of just like, this is the most charismatic human being I've ever seen on screen. Like it was just, it was, it was a lot of fun. And Men in Black was right in that run. And uh, he and Tommy Lee Jones are so good in it. And it'll always have a, a soft spot in my, my heart. For it's crazy the chemistry between them works so well because. Not only the characters are so different, but if you were to tell me that there are two actors who would have good chemistry, these two would be like the bottom. Like they are so different from one another, but they make it work because they are mm-hmm. so yeah. absolutely themselves. Yeah. Yep. It's great. Yep. Uh, let's see. So, me, number Andrew, three. What do you get your number three? You might trumpet, but uh, Black Hawk Down. Uh, no, that was going to be my replacement number it. five. That was going to be my number five replacement. Um, oh. So, there you go. Well, you done did wrong. I should have been higher. Anyway, <laughs> Black Hawk Down. This is one of those movies, forgetting how powerful and emotional and amazing it is, it's one of those movies where you go back and you watch it and you're like, oh, they're in this? Everybody <laughs> who wasn't somebody is in this movie. And you would look at them now and they're like, oh, they're an A-list ass. Tom Hardy's in this movie? Uh, Nikolai Coster-Walda, who plays, uh, uh, what's his name? Jamie. Uh, Lannister. Jamie. Jamie Lannister. Yeah, you're, how could I remember his name but not his character's name? That's not <laughs> you normally the way that Nikolai goes. You remember Nikolai couldn't remember Jamie. Couldn't remember Jamie <laughs> Lannister, yeah. Nice. But there's like, so many people in this movie that you're like, oh, they're 
a big deal right now. And uh, yeah, it's fun that way to to see those people. But getting back to the movie in in and of itself is one of the most profound war dramas ever because especially in the united states we we get a lot of you know uh, when our war dramas are for like you know uh heroic heroic battles or you know something that we won this is an entire movie of a we done messed up mm-hmm. you know and it's the determination and the will of you know the individual soldiers to look out for one another which uh i think this movie is incredibly powerful i love it i agree i agree with you alice what's your number three Mine's a documentary oh, uh, nice. called Blackfish. Oh, yes. I've seen Blackfish. Yeah. I really, really, I mean, it, okay, it sounds kind of weird for me to say I really love this documentary. We know what you mean. Because, We know what you yeah, mean. Yeah. yeah. It's one of my favorite documentaries too, but it's rough. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, but it's, it's just so well made. It's so powerful. And I just, it communicates its message so well and, and it really makes you feel for these orcas and for Tilikum. And it, it's also oddly, again, it's weird to say, oddly rewatchable. Like I've shown it to so many people and I've never been bored when I've shown it to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and can I just say as a tangent, I once did a double feature of Blackfish and Grizzly Man and good that night. was not a good time. Good I night. was. <laughs> I you was, probably just sound like nature is horrifying. <laughs> Or humans are stupid. One of, yeah, both. <laughs> yeah. Both. And it was, uh, yes, yeah, so I wouldn't recommend that because you'll just be really, really depressed. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, yeah, if you haven't seen it and you like documentaries and you like nature documentaries, but also like conspiracy documentaries. Um, yeah. And also kind of psychological thrillers like this is the one for you. Yeah, I had to look up to see what beat Blackfish for uh, best documentary that year. It was a searching for Sugar Man, which is a great documentary. Uh, but I think that I think Blackfish is a far superior documentary. I agree. Yeah. Uh, all right, all right, Aaron. On to our number twos. Uh, this will be Trump yep. by Andrew, mm-hmm. I believe. But I have The Dark Knight at number two. Trump. Yeah. No, it's gonna be Trump by both of you. Fine. <laughs> okay. Fine. Andrew, what do you <laughs> well, got at number two? Well, it's possible that my number two is your number one. I'm going to go with Black Swan. No. Oh, my no. God. I forgot about Black Swan, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have Black Swan in the honorable mentions. Wow. Okay. I thought that you might have had this. I'm curious to know what you're... Uh, oh, I think I might know what it is. I don't okay. think you do. It's, <laughs> it's less of a, uh, of a, a loophole than Moonrise, but it's a little bit of a loophole word. So, yeah. I, I okay. don't know but anyway, uh, yeah, Black Swan. Uh, whew, <laughs> this, man, this is a trippy movie that is so, so good. Uh, it's, a, it's a master class in doing a modern horror film that is... It's, a, it's one of the most beautiful horror films I've ever seen, which is weird to say. It's the... I guess just the the simple, you know, the element of ballet in and of itself is beautiful, yet he somehow finds a way to m- mask horrifying elements within it that is so compelling. Like, you never would have thought that a, a ballerina uh, uh, movie would be as terrifying as it is, but... Mm-hmm. 
but it is. C- congrats, mm-hmm. you did it. Welcome uh, to Black this is Swan. probably easily what I would say na- easily Natalie Portman's best performance ever, possibly top ten greatest performances by any actor or actress ever. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Yeah. It's a good choice. Sure. Where would you have had it, Alice, if you had remembered it? Well, clearly, I need to be fired because <laughs> I have just made a huge mess. I would have had this like at number two or something. Okay. It's so good. Right. It's so good. Um, but what I do have instead at number two is a movie. This is my loophole. Uh, mm. What we do in the shadows. Oh, that works. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> No, it wouldn't have made my list, but I forgot about it in my honorable mention. I love this movie so much. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So it's Taika Waititi's from New Zealand, but it's like New Zealand, Australia, same thing. Your neighbors. Um, Slightly different accents. Um, But I love this movie so much. When I first, this was the first Taika Waititi movie I'd ever seen. My dad Mm. dragged me to it to see it at the independent movie theater um, here in Melbourne. And I was like, okay, this is going to suck. Because I'd never heard of it. And I was still a silly young teenager that didn't understand (laughs) that small movies could be good. Um, And I saw it and I laughed my head off and I immediately fell in love and went home and watched everything he'd made, watched a bunch, you know, a bunch of Flight of the Concords. Like, it's just so funny, but also dark, which is a perfect sort of, I love a good dark humor, you know, where things are mm. brutal, but they, they kind of um, make fun of it in a way that's really accessible. And then when, you know, going off of this, the fact that the TV show has Matt Berry in it, who's one of my favorite actors from like IT Crowd and Toast of London and stuff. Laszlo's my favorite character from the show. Yeah, he's just so good. So good. So yeah, if if you like humor, if you like mockumentaries, if you like vampires, if you like werewolves, werewolves, not swearwolves. Werewolves, not swearwolves. (laughs) Then this is the movie for you. If you haven't seen it, like... Stop listening and come back later and go watch it and then come back. It's so good. And uh, new season kicks off in a couple months. New season of the TV yes. show. Uh, Cannot so wait. Excited. So, yeah. Good choice. Good choice. All right. Those are our number twos. On to our number ones. Uh, what you got, Aaron? If you'll notice how quickly I was like, nope, that's not a loophole. That's because Shadow is in my number one. Uh, oh. Shadow of a Doubt uh, is my number one uh, oh. in the category. Uh, one of my favorite Hitchcock films. Uh, this is a story about, and it's one of his older films, um, but it's a story about uh, you know a young woman who uh, whose uncle visits and mystery ensues. And just the the acting in this is astounding. The plot is really intricate and interesting. And um, I just I love everything about it. Hitchcock's a really talented director, and this is a, a phenomenal movie. So yeah. Did they shoot this in the same place they shot Psycho? No. Mm. No. Because when I, whenever I just pulled it up on IMDb, there was a picture of her standing in the doorway looking up a staircase, and it looks so much like the staircase oh, yeah. from Psycho. Yeah. yeah. No. No, it's totally different. It was there about ooh, 25 years apart. Shadow of a Doubt was about yeah. 25 years before Psycho. Um, this was 1943. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and when was, how close was I? When was Psycho? That would have been 60, 60, right? Yep. So I was a little off. You're only three years off. Well done, sir. Oh, thank you. Um, all righty, Andrew, I think, well, actually we know both of your number ones, don't we? 
There's yeah. there's no mm-hmm. no more attention. Let's go ahead and talk about it. Why Duck so nuts. serious? <laughs> wow, yeah. so I'm gonna serious. Let, wow. <laughs> what if they cast Owen Wilson as the Joker? <laughs> Do you want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> I'm gonna Perfect. let Al, I've gushed on this movie like so many times in this yeah, podcast. I want to hear what Alice has to yeah, say. Alice. Oh well, okay. So let me say this is the first or the most vivid early memory I have of going to see a theater and being so tense in my seat that I Mm. literally was squirming the fairy scene with the two bombs. I, and you know, it has the score going up all the way up to the pitch. I was just, I remember being like, I just couldn't, I couldn't handle it. And, and Mm. that right there is just, that tells you the power of this movie. Like that is such in comparison to the rest of the film. Like that's just a scene. And then there's just so much more. And then as well, obviously Heath Ledger, RIP Australian, Mm -hmm. like, and he's so good. And I know that there was so much like controversy when he was cast. Cause everyone's like, he's too much of a pretty boy to be the Joker. And then, (laughs) yeah. And then it's like, it's called makeup and acting. And he was so good. And then Christian Bale's such a good, like Batman. I really like him as Batman. I think that cause he's obviously an amazing actor. He just brings so much to the role. Plus you got, Gary Oldman, like, can you tell how much I love this movie? Because I'm just mm-hmm. bouncing from one. I, I have so much I want to say. And um, I just, it's so powerful and it's so well made. And all the, all the way through to the end where you've got him, you know, going off into the night and Gary Oldman doing that, um, you know, the monologue of it, like, he is the dark knight. And it's like, doo, 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 doo. and it's just, oh, I don't think they'll ever make a better Batman movie. I've said it. Fight me. Go on. <laughs> Ali G. Mick on social media. Come. Well, they already did. They made Lego Batman. I don't know what you're talking about. They already they already bested this one, so <laughs> incorrect. As much as I love Lego Batman. <laughs> yeah. Although I gotta say, this new one coming out, it looks interesting. Yeah. You mean emo Batman? <laughs> yeah, emo Batman. Alice is not amused. Well, I'm just saying, it's like he's got a lot of eyeliner on, and he's yeah. got the straight. I'm hair glad going. he has eyeliner on because every single Batman has that eye makeup on. Yet when he takes the mask off, is, it's suddenly gone. I want to see one that actually commits and has the dark <laughs> I think eyeliner. It's just, I picture him like in front of the mirror before he goes crime fighting. He's like, "Hang on," and just being like, <laughs> there "Yeah, you go. just like well, what, what I do in the do. morning." Got to do the eye darkener. Yeah, got to do just it. Just a bunch of cold. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. like, yep. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, I had it at number two, so obviously that would be our uh, collaborative choice, would be uh, The Dark Knight in this category. Honorable mentions, cool, yeah. I had uh, Darkest Hour. Um, mm-hmm. Enjoyed that. Dark Still Waters. Still see that. Uh, Dark Waters is one that, that went way under the radar. Uh, you should mm. check that out sometime if you get a chance. Uh, Donnie Darko. That's a little bit of a loophole there. but uh, oh. Yeah. Uh, Army of Darkness, uh, yep. Pitch Black, uh, yep. really enjoy. Man, that's um, a good movie. That is an underrated movie. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I've never seen it. Uh, Black- you want to see Vin Diesel give a good performance? Watch Pitch Black. Yeah, yeah. It's true. I was meant to watch it for uni too, and I just didn't and mm. pretended I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Black Klansman, I uh, wanted to mention that one mm-hmm. as well. Uh, Before Midnight. Um, I thought it would be a good one to mention. And then... Oh, that's in that uh, that 
before that, uh, trilogy. Tri- mm-hmm. Yeah, trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other one that was up for an Oscar last year uh, in this category was Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, uh, which is also yeah. very, oh. very good. So, yeah. <laughs> Such a good movie. Andrew, what about you? I only have a. Yeah, I have two that you didn't mention. Uh, the first one was very close to making my list uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Sure. Mm. And uh, a movie that is what I think underseen, but is really, really good, uh, is Midnight Special. It's like what would happen if, uh, you know, what would really happen if, you know, somebody was born with superpowers and stuff like that. Okay. Um, yeah, I really like it. It's uh, got a great score. Good nice. movie. Go watch it. Alice, did you have any honorable mentions that weren't named? Oh, I had plenty. Um, so first on my list, well, another one that was nominated for an Oscar last uh, this year, last year, One Night in Miami. That's a, a good movie. Sure, yep. Um, oh, yeah. I have, so there's this movie called Night and Fog. I don't know if you guys know about it. It's like mm-hmm. a 37-minute kind of documentary about um, the Holocaust and stuff. If you if you did a film degree, you've seen it. I guarantee mm-hmm. you. You have. It's like one of the first films you're made to see. Um, it's very, very powerful. Thirty-seven minutes. Uh, Nocturnal Animals. I have. Um, I quite enjoyed <sighs> it. Um, I didn't really Black- like that movie, but yeah. Oh, really? Oh, I, I, I loved it. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would too, except for like the opening of like lots and lots of you know naked women dancing. I was like, this is weird, and then it was really good. Um, <laughs> Black Mirror Bandersnatch. Oh wait, um, I'm thinking of a different movie. That's that's oh, true. Banders- no. Black Mirror uh, Bandersnatch could be in this category. Mm-hmm. Good call. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I enjoy it. I, I thought it was a cool, like, exploration of the streaming movies. Um, Dark Crystal. The Dark Crystal. Yeah. I love me some Jim Henson. This is uh, Moonlight as well. If we're going to go with Moonrise Kingdom, Moonlight mm-hmm. was one. Um, and then this was one that I was like, oh, I'm not sure if it fits. Uh, Oblivion. Where yeah, I was like, that's a bit of a stretch. Might have vetoed that. I do like that movie, yeah. though. I do like Oblivion. It's a good movie. Well, that's why it's an honorable mention. There you go. Like, eh, there's plenty. And then finally, I have a movie that you might not have seen. It's called The Nightingale. It's an Australian movie. It's really good. It's basically about a woman who um, is by the same woman who did um, uh, The Babadook. Um, the, the same filmmaker who did the Babadook, but it's about a woman who is a convict in Australia and is about to like work off her indenture. And then one day this, uh, officer comes in and rapes her and kills her baby and, um, kills her husband. And it is really, really intense. And so then she goes on a revenge quest to find the officer who did that and pairs up with an Aboriginal tracker and they go on a quest together to find him and take her revenge. And it's, really good it's brutal like it is brutal and all the trigger warnings because it's very violent but it's very well made i can think it's, can watch uh, it on i you think can watch it, it on hulu i mm. think it's a great triple feature with uh blackfish and um <laughs> grizzly man grizzly man uh yeah. yeah yeah if you really just want to have no faith in humanity whatsoever <laughs> right. like that's just I, just yeah uh, one night in Miami. If I would have thought about it, would definitely have made my top five. So we Mine each as well. had one Mine as well. We each had one where we're like, "Oh man, I yeah. forgot about yeah. that." Yeah, and totally. uh, one more, uh, Nightcrawler, the Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, no. You see, don't tell because me that. when so you good. when you mentioned, uh, I just the, didn't do night. Gyllenhaal. I didn't. I didn't think of night. I thought yeah, of midnight. I didn't either. But yeah. Yeah. Nice. Very uh, nice. What was done. the movie that you mentioned, Alice, that he was in uh, at the beginning of the movie uh, with what, Jake Gyllenhaal? Nocturne, 
nocturnal yeah, animals. nocturnal animals. That's yeah. what initially when you said that, that's what made me think of Nightcrawler because I thought that's what you're talking about. Mm. But uh, there you go, man. Well, Nightcrawler's good. So good. Oh, so he very is, good. And it would have been on my list. My list is just void now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think mine is too. We might have to come back to this. Uh, let's move on to the buried treasure for the week, Andrew. You're going to kick us off. What's that one thing in any area of pop culture you want to make sure people know about this week? I have got a selfish little thing I want to promote. Selfish promotion. Oh, okay. Uh, little log roll. Yeah, exactly. I uploaded a video to YouTube, everybody. Hey! <laughs> I know. Nicely done. Yeah. Uh, if you remember a couple weeks ago, <laughs> I was talking about how I bought a hundred-year-old uh, vice, like a woodworker's mm-hmm. vice. Yeah. And I said I was going to restore it. Yeah. Well, I documented the entire process of, you know, from going from a giant rusted piece of 100-year-old metal to something that looks like it's an art piece. Nice. I put a lot of heart and uh, work into making this thing look good. Uh, I think I did a good job. Um, and, yeah, it's up on my Flick Freaks YouTube channel. So, yeah, nice. you can check it out there. Very nice indeed. Uh, check that out at Flick Freaks. Um, I'm going to talk about a movie from 1973 that I had never seen before, um, but I watched Serpico uh, for the first time. <laughs> uh, this is Al Pacino, one of his earlier m- movies, and this is based on the true story of Frank Serpico, uh, who was a policeman in New York City who... Uh, brought to light a lot of corruption uh, that was going on in the police force, and um, I really enjoyed this. I was I had really no clue what I was kind of getting. I mean, I I had a little bit of a clue it was about crime and that kind of stuff, but um, <laughs> it, it, it's because you're a criminal. Because <laughs> I'm a criminal. Um, yeah. But it was nice to it was nice to go back to early Pacino and just see like. You know, he a lot of those things you love about him are there, but it's also he's playing a different kind of character and it's very understated. And, you know, he has kind of gotten tagged with a a lot of over the top acting, you know, in his later career. I get that. I understand that. He's so talented, though, and you can just see it in this movie. And then I was also impressed with uh, the true life kind of stuff of it as well. You know, doing the research afterwards about Frank Serpico and. And kind of what he went through. Um, it is pure early '70s cinema. You know, it is. It is definitely, you know, uh, from a time. Uh, so take that for what it's worth in all the good ways and bad ways. Um, but uh, but yeah, Serpico. I wanted to mention uh, that I enjoyed it quite a bit. So, Andrew, have you seen Serpico? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. You didn't like it as much as yeah. I did. I take it. No, I really do oh, like okay. it a lot. Okay. All right. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> This is your I thought, moment, I thought there was I'm going to re- let you... No, no, I thought there was a reaction. I thought when I said Serpico, you you were like, oh, that terrible movie. But I totally misread <laughs> it, so, yeah. 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 If you love a man's garden, you gotta love the man. There you go. So. See, you know Serpico. You know how it goes. Yeah. Uh, all right, Alice, what do you got for your buried treasure this week? Well, as we know, the world is kind of sad right now and sucky and and horrible and so you know what i like to do every now and again is have a show that's just all nice and that show is making it okay um it is a reality show hosted by amy poehler and nick offerman think like british bake-off but instead of baking it's arts and crafts so it is just the most wholesome show 
you could ever watch. Everyone in it is just so nice. I cry from happiness and like um, like touch being touched every single episode. It's right now on season three. Um, it's on NBC, um, and we get it like through other avenues down down here and down under. Um, but it is just just really nice like everyone's really wholesome and like collaborative and everyone's got a really beautiful story but also what I really really like about it is that unlike cooking show where it's like at the end of the day they're all kind of just making the same thing everything uh all the crafters is what the contestants are called they all have a craft that you know they specialize in or or love to do and so they'll all take the brief and do it in their own very unique style so it's using different kinds of crafts different materials they all have different backgrounds um the most recent episode for example they had to make like a a closet like a walk-in sort of closet like workspace thing for someone they loved and there were people who made like used mural art some people used felt some people used um like tires tires to make statues and stuff um and it's just really lovely and it's just a really nice part of my week every single week so I really recommend it if you want to watch something nice and wholesome and fun um and then also kind of informative as well do you know where it's uh where it's streaming where it's playing is it well, on it's, it's an NBC show so I'd assume like you can watch it on NBC or is it Peacock the streaming yes uh, I believe yeah. it is on Peacock and on Hulu uh apparently and Hulu there you go yeah as, as well so yeah so you can check out uh, Andrew's new video on the Flick Freaks YouTube. Uh, Serpico is available for digital uh, rent, uh, digital rental, if you want to check that out. And Making It uh, is available streaming on Hulu or Peacock. Hey, Alice, I got NBC. some good news for you. Yes? You recommended a show last time you were here. <gasps> Bo did Furry. you watch it? Yeah, I did. It's fun. You were talking yeah. about good and wholesome shows. This is a good and wholesome show. It just makes you happy. You're like, oh, everything's just working out for them and everything's great. Good for yeah. them. Good for them. <laughs> it's nice to feel that way. Yeah. yeah. Nice. No, I'm really enjoying you... it. I really am. Very oh, nice. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Yeah. Can you, can you sense a theme in all my recommendations? <laughs> the world sucks. Here's no, because you recommended you Blackfish. And oh, you also true. recommended Grizzly Man. So you're kind of all oh, over the true. spectrum here. <laughs> it's true. It's fair Just point. Just like the world. <laughs> well, congratulations to all of us. Uh, we set out to accomplish a podcast and podcasting has been accomplished. Well done to one and all. Uh, you are heroes Woot. in your own regard. Thanks so much for joining us today. Sif Pop is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Thank you, buddy. Huge thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. <laughs> thanks to Drew for putting together some of the visual content for the video show. Woo! Big claps! And thank you to Alice for hanging out with us again today. Alice, where Woo! do you want people to find you online? Uh, as always, you can find me at Ali G Mick, A-L-I-G-M-I-C-H on Instagram or Letterboxd. And I'll just plug it once again. My friends and I are going through the entire Disney catalog right now, going through the MCU. And next this week, we're watching Avengers Age of Ultron. 
Um, so that'll be fun. Um, we will. We you can find us on Instagram at at once dot upon dot a dot marathon. Um, and yeah, we're going to become much more active on it now because I've decided to not just leave it until the last minute anymore. So it's going to be really fun <laughs> from now on to be on. Well, we appreciate you being here, and uh, yeah, go check out uh, Alice's other stuff. I'm sure you will enjoy it. Uh, much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members as well for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at $3 a month. There's different levels with different uh, bonuses, um, so go check that out. You can uh, get the bonus episode as well as a monthly hangout, all sorts of fun stuff at patreon.com slash Pop. Uh, lots of ways to connect with us. You can comment, rate, or leave a review at Apple Podcasts or email us feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too, so make sure you let them know about it and that listing is much easier than ever fully trusting a Loki. We will be back next week with Space Jam and Escape Room Tournament Whoa. of Champions. Uh, so a couple sequels. Uh, oh, man, I got to watch the week. first Escape Room now, don't I? <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. All right. We'll Don't see work. you then. Bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.